Every time there's an Apple event, you'll find me benched with my computer, probably with my phone in hand, watching it, and many more with me. I think of it as being part of a tribe, as I'm part of something bigger than myself. It's not really about the new iPhone or the design of the new iOS or the OS X. It's about the design of my experience of this tribe. Good morning. You're listening to Caspian with a riff on design. I think there are two vital parts to design. One of them is the aesthetics, the beauty of whatever you're designing, how pretty it looks. The other one is how functional it is. And these two can be used to leverage a product or a service or whatever that it is that we're designing. So for example, if you're buying a shoe, It can be highly functional and it might not be as pretty as other shoes, but you choose it because of its functionality. And likewise, you can have an extremely comfortable shoe that just, you know, it's not functional at all. You can't run in it, you can't barely walk in it, but it's really, really pretty and it makes you want to buy it. The same goes for practically every service, every product, and everything that you possibly can consume in your life. The same goes for relationships. The same goes for systems that you use. The problem with design, I think, occurs when neither of these two are fulfilled, when the product is neither functional nor beautiful. I've been encountering a couple of systems lately, um, IT systems, in which I've had to interact in different ways. One of them has been in the university, where we have a digital sort of classroom where teachers can put up uh, exercises, they have our grades and, and all of the information that we need. In my university time, which has been three years in Lund University, or almost three years, I've had to use four or five different of these systems, sometimes parallel to one another. And we've talked a lot about this in the class, and the, the baseline of this is that it's bad design. Another one was this week when I sent in a an application for EU grants to um, one of the departments in the EU. And just to get the application form or the e-form, which I had to fill in for our three cooperating parties, I had to sign up at two different portals using the same in-log. And then I had to do the same thing for the different partners as well. That is as well bad design. 
And what bad design does is that it raises the threshold for people to use whatever you're trying to get them to use. In certain cases, that can be very good. I've been thinking about it with the EU application, that it's actually a pretty good threshold because it scares people off. But what it also does is that it doesn't give people an opportunity to use it. In this case, it doesn't give creatives an opportunity to apply for money because they're not accustomed to use these kinds of systems. As well as beauty and functionality can be opposites on a scale, they can also enhance one another. If something, if something is highly functional, it might also become beautiful. I've been taking a look at intersections for a couple of days now, and different kinds of intersections, mostly with red lights. And the way they're designed, the way that someone has thought out of how traffic is going to flow through these uh, roads, it becomes beautiful because it's so highly functional. The same goes, at least for me, with the iPhone, of how simple it is, of how functional it is. It also becomes beautiful in my eyes. I don't think it works the other way, but you will adapt. If you find something very beautiful, you will start perceiving it as functional as well, or you might at least perceive it as functional. Regardless of what we're designing, if it's an iPhone or if it's uh, the software for the iPhone or if it's a system to grant EU applications, regardless, the goal is for the user to have a pleasant experience. And there are a couple of things that, that play into make, creating that positive experience. One of them is setting their expectations. For example, with the iPhone, I have a certain expectation of functionality. With the beautiful shoe, or at least for the shoe brand, I'm expecting them to put out beautiful shoes. But when they're designing the product, when the design of the product is coming about, they're also thinking about you as a user. When the iPhone is designed, they have a picture of what the iPhone user looks like. Who is going to use it and what are they going to want from this? And that's not always the case. That's called user-centric design. And I have a very hard time to believe that in these systems that I described earlier, for example, the EU application system, that the user is put in center in the design product process. When you're designing from your own needs and when you're designing something that someone else is going to use from your needs, you're going to encounter problems. There are going to be users that are going to drop off. <laughs>
And unless you're offering the 200,000 euros, if you go through the process, it's highly unlikely that people are going to use your product. So if you're designing something for an open market or if you're designing something that you'd like people to use, regardless of whether they're going to pay for it or if it, they're getting it for free, you have to think about the user. And that goes for yourself as well. I've had tons of people asking me about how I structure my days or how I structure my week. And I think structure is something that you have to design from within yourself, or at least with yourself in mind. If you're the kind of person like I am, who functions very well with to-do lists, and that can easily break down larger activities into tasks, then you need to design your system towards that. But if you're someone who can't follow a to-do list for shit, and you can't break down larger activities into tasks, then that might not be the way to go. So when you're designing something for yourself, whether it's a process or your days or whatever, you need to have yourself in mind, just as companies have you in mind when they're designing their products. And this is really, really important to keep in mind. For when you're designing your next project or when you're designing your next life change, expect, especially now that we're getting close to New Year's, you need to keep yourself in mind when you're designing something. If you think that you're going to revolutionize your closet and totally bring back or bring about a new you for the new year with your closet, think about what you like. It's not reasonable to expect yourself to dress up all in colors when you really like to dress in black. And it's not reasonable to expect yourself to take five karate classes every week to get, in, to get fit if you don't really like karate. Keep yourself in mind when you're designing things for you and try to keep others in mind when you're designing for them and the thing here is that it might be sound really easy to design something for yourself but that requires a bunch of self-knowledge and it requires you to test things out for yourself in order to get there i didn't just come up with i function well with to do's and i'm really good at uh, breaking activities into tasks it's something that I've figured out along the way. Just as well, you need to figure out what activities you could do to get fit. What activities you could do to get your closet to the next level for the next year. And when you're designing something for someone else, please start with thinking about who you, who you like to design it for. Tim Ferriss has said about his book, uh, 4-Hour Workweek, that he actually wrote it for a friend, with a specific friend in mind. And that has become the most highlighted book on Amazon Kindle throughout the times. It's one of the most read books of a generation. He had someone in mind 
when he designed it, when he wrote it. And that's what you need to do as well. If not one person, then a couple of people. Who is the target for your design? Who is going to use it? And then you have to talk to them, and then you have to go back to your product and redesign it, and then you have to show it again. That whole process. But you need to start with the consumer in mind, regardless of whether it's you or someone else. So what I want you to do, and what I'd like to encourage you to do, is to think of a design whatever in your life that you need to design. It might be your morning routines. It might be your way of structuring your day and week. It might be your closet or or a project for next year. Regardless, I want you to start by writing a description of the person who's going to use it. And from there, take the design process onward thanks a lot for listening to this week's episode with uh caspian with a riff on um i really really appreciate you taking this time to listen to this and if you feel like you've gotten something out of it if you feel like you've had a new idea or got something useful from listening to me please share this with someone that you think will have the same experience Until next time, take care.